Ahoy there, sailor. Well, I don't think we're allowed to go on boats, actually. Which is a shame. I fucking love boats. Anyways, um... (laughs) Who doesn't love a boat? Am I right, ladies? Anyway, uh... God, we have a lot that we're going to be talking about today. So strap in. Get some snacks. Um... I mean, you don't have to strap yourself to anything. I'm not the boss of you. It's up to you. Do what you want. It's your body. Live your life. Um, But you should probably get some snacks. Treat yourself. It's fun. We'll have fun. Um, Yeah, get some snacks. Get comfy. We have so much to get into. So let's do it. I think you knew it couldn't last. Eventually, I self-immolate. Immortal in your favourite dress, your favourite girl, self-destructing for everyone to see. Gently taking the whole world with me, dancing myself to death to a song I wrote from concerned whispers and online rumours. I was born dead, appearing and then disappearing at will. My brown eyes always overflowing with fucking feeling and I tried to tell you again and again as loud as a person can until my throat was sore and my pen was out of ink that I was nothing but trouble. Dancing in the street with strangers to a song I wrote from concerned whispers and online rumours. They say I was born mad. Can you hear it? It's so beautiful. I read once that they said my lips aren't real. Sing along if you can bring yourself to pretend for my sake that you're into the lo-fi bedroom pop. He's not. I'm not mad at it. I'm not. The lo-fi bedroom pop that I drop on my label's table to tell them that I'm not over being so into you. They say I love you just a little too much. I am on fire. I am immortal, my accountant is crying, but my audience is growing, and the sun stays up too late to see how it ends. There is a mad girl who was born dead, dancing in the street, because it was only a matter of time before she came to life and her heart got out of control. Maybe she snapped, you know? Maybe she snapped. That's all I really have to say about that. Maybe she snapped. (laughs) For she read me. But maybe she snapped. Can you blame a bitch? I don't feel like you can. Maybe she just snapped. It happens. It happens. It's actually quite funny reading some of the things about me on the internet. Um... I know I shouldn't, it's probably quite unhealthy, but I do anyway, because I can't be tamed. Um, And, you know, one of the things people obsess over, right, as mentioned in the poem, is that I have had lip fillers, right? Because I know that that's like a big thing that everyone's been doing for a while. Everyone's been having things injected into their mouths. Um... I am not one of those people. A lot of people, right? They don't seem to understand that. Firstly, 
I'm mixed race. Now, I, I get it. Mariah Carey has the same problem. People assume she's a white person with a slight tan. No. <laughs> I think that's why I've always stand Mariah Carey so hard. Because I feel like we have that affinity. We are both mixed girls that everyone assumes are white for some reason. Um, personally, to look at me, I wouldn't say that. Because I have very obvious... Um, ethnic features you know I have very dark eyes I have very dark hair it's very kind of um very thick curls um my facial structure is very ethnic I'm not gonna lie um and then there's the obvious one my nose and and you know my skin is pretty much always kind of brownish you know so I, I would have thought that that would explain it, but, you know, so that's, that's where the lips are from, bro. Like, I feel like mixed race people have to explain this a lot, you know, but anyway, also I'm, I'm really afraid of needles, so it's just not going to happen. I, <laughs> I cry when I have to have my flu jab because I have to have it because someone in my family has uh, problems with their immune system. So I have to I have to have that so I can, like, see them. Um, and I cried, like, hysterically. And I made my mum come in. I make my mum come in with me. And even then, I'm still crying. And I'm, like, holding her hand. And I'm, like, hysterical. So if you really think I can go from that to having some doctor inject shit into my face, girl. <laughs> it's just not realistic. It's It's not. <laughs> Um, but it's always been one of the things that's always made me laugh the most. It's like, I mean, I don't know, maybe it's just me, but I, I've always thought you could see when someone's had something like that done because it changes the, like, the proportions of their face. When I look at, like, celebrities and stuff who've had it done, I can tell from looking at their face because suddenly it's, like, all out of proportion because one part of their face is bigger than the rest and there's nothing really done to the rest of the face and so you can tell that is not how your face originally was and there's nothing wrong with that if people want to do that good for them I guess you know it's not for me but if that's what they want to do fine um but if you look at my face it's all pretty much in in proportion I would think it's it's not the most beautiful face, but it all makes sense. Anyway, and I've, I've read a lot of funny things about myself online. <laughs> there was this blog a while ago, and they were obsessed with this idea that I was having this relationship with this really kind of um, rich and influential person who I'm not going to mention but I'm sure you could find it if you looked hard enough but anyway they were obsessed with it they just wouldn't let it go and it was really funny to me because it didn't make sense their theory didn't make sense I mean surely if that had happened I would have utilized that right I mean I'm not the smartest girl, but I'm smart when I need to be. And I, I would have I would have taken advantage of that. But 
they they kept believing this little conspiracy and it was really funny. <laughs> um and there's been all kinds of stuff. There's um I read once about myself that I'm being paid by the state of Israel, which was funny. Um I've read before that I've I'm also being paid by the Scottish government to talk about Scottish independence. <laughs> it's, it's laughable shit. I I don't know where these people think of these things. It's so cute and funny. Um, I also I I've read about stuff about me like being paid to promote LGBT stuff, and I it, <laughs> it's just adorable at this point. Um, but yeah, it's funny, the things that people say, um, and I was kind of, I was thinking about that, but also not just like things people say about me online or things people say, you know, behind my back and whatever, but things that people in in real life think of me and the way people perceive me, um, because it's interesting people can have these perceptions of you but when you're not even sure how you perceive yourself how do you approach that you know what I mean it's kind of weird it's a weird situation softly they sleep stirring as they dream scratching at the day's adventure as they awake Halos above their heads as they do the devil's deeds, pulling me from my work to the pillows, sending me to sleep again. That's about my cats, Violet and Lilac. Um, I feel like they're twins. Um, <laughs> I should point out I do not have these cats yet, but I'm going to have these cats. I am putting it into the universe I'm thinking it into existence I've written it in my wish book I'm gonna have these these cats they're gonna be my cats and they're gonna be twins they're gonna be really cute and mischievous and really glamorous and all the other cats are gonna be really jealous of them they're gonna be like the popular girl cats you know what I mean I <laughs> I just I was thinking about this the other day and I was I was talking to my boyfriend and I was like I want us to have these cats they're gonna be very um very glamorous and very cool and they're gonna be like the popular cats at school and he was just kind of like yeah okay mm-hmm mm-hmm why do I go out with this crazy girl but these cats I, ca I cannot express to you enough they are really gonna be those cats you know what I mean um so I wrote a little poem about my cats you know my adorable little cats little kittens we had to stand these iconic legends, really, didn't we? I honestly, I can't tell if this is like lockdown craziness or just me being an Aquarius. It could be both. What the actual fuck is going on with this whole politics business? Well, everyone really needs to stand up and say, OK, no, this is not politics in the normal British way. This is something darker and bleaker and it's got to stop. Peace is possible and must be achieved. We want Scotland to remain.
I will um, change that intro <laughs> to reflect, obviously, the new leader of the Labour Party. But first, frankly, Keir Starmer has to say something big and kind of meme-worthy. Because otherwise, it's not it's not going to match up to the big moment of Jeremy Corbyn yelling about things, you know. So Keir Starmer, if you're listening... Give me, give me content, dude. Give me content. I can't believe he's done it. He's actually done it. The mad lad has actually fucking done it. Ed Miliband is back, baby. I, anyway. <laughs> so the shadow cabinet has been revealed. Um, Keir Starmer has just spilt the tea everywhere. Um, uh, there are some surprising choices. Um, there are some that I, I did kind of expect. Uh, for example, Ian Murray as Shadow Scottish Secretary. They don't really have any other choice. He's their only MP in Scotland. So, <laughs> you know, who else were they going to pick, really? Um, Dr. Rosina is the new Shadow Minister for Mental Health. Um, in between her work as an MP, her working at hospitals right now. She is a busy woman. I. She had a great campaign for deputy leader, so I'm not surprised to see her pop up in the shadow cabinet. And I think she's going to do a great job as the shadow minister for mental health. And that, I think, is a very important position um, because, well mental health treatment and mental health support in the UK to be quite frank is in a right fucking state so I think it's great that we have a position in the shadow cabinet for that and I think she's going to do a great job so that's really good news who else are we excited about of course I, I've already said it, I spoiled it a little, but Ed Miliband is back in the Shadow Cabinet. He is the new Shadow Secretary of State for Business, Energy and Industrial Strategy. Reasons to be cheerful. How about that? Um, he He's back in the Shadow Cabinet. It's a big surprise. Nobody really saw it coming, but it's good news. Uh, David Lammy is Shadow Justice just justice justice secretary replacing richard bergen bergen however the, the it doesn't matter how you say his name he's irrelevant now he's he's going away so <laughs> but david lammy i think um is going to do a good job he's talked a lot about um you know throughout his career he's been very open with his own experiences with law enforcement and the justice system as a black man in the uk um, and he's been a great advocate for, you know, trying to bridge those gaps between the police and and the black community, trying to sort of make the system work in a way that is fair and non-discriminatory. Non-discriminatory. I can't even talk today. I think I'm just really excited about Ed Miliband. But, you know, one of the things that the UK has had to come to terms with is problems with institutional racism in our police force. David Lammy is somebody who has consistently tried to right that. He's tried to right that wrong and I think he's a great pick for Shadow Justice Secretary. I think he's going to do a really good job. Emily Thornbury. 
the the drunk aunt I never had is Shadow International Trade Secretary. Uh, she did a really good job as Shadow Foreign Secretary, so I'm excited to see what she's going to do in terms of international trade. Um, and also, I'm just excited for her to be in the spotlight on a continued basis because she's just so funny. So, so funny. <laughs> Rebecca Long-Bailey um, is Shadow Education Secretary, replacing Angela Rayner, who is, of course, now the Deputy Leader. Um, fine. Okay. Um, okay. I have no strong feelings one way or the other. It is what it is. Um, Thangam Debonair, who I, I have to admit I stand, is Shadow Housing Secretary. I think she's going to do a great job, um, just because I like her. Overall, I'd say it is a pretty balanced cabinet. There's no um, real major concerns, as there were in some of Corbyn's many cabinets. Um, there's a very good balance in terms of gender as well, uh, which is good news. Uh, I know that, you know, for some people that they don't care about that, but I think it is important to, to have that because obviously people's experiences will be different and they can bring different things to the role based on the lives that they've led. And things like that are informed by, you know, things like your gender, you know, race and things like that. There's also a good balance of, you know, in terms of ethnic diversity, uh, which is really good news. Um, so, do you know what? I have no real major complaints. Um, the, do you know what? The, the only one, really, I... Rebecca Long-Bailey, I... She wouldn't be my pick, that's all I'll say, but, you know, we'll see what happens. Ian Murray wouldn't be my pick, but they don't really have any other options, because otherwise they're just going to look like mugs, like when Corbyn was like, oh, we have one Scottish MP, let's just give the Scot you know, Scotland office shadow job to some random dude who holds a constituency in England and appears to have no real interest in Scotland at all, like that's not a good way to start off so I think they kind of didn't really have a choice but to give it to Ian Murray so fine um <laughs> uh you know may maybe if they try very hard and they win some seats in Scotland they can have options but for now this is what they've got um but yeah it's, it's pretty decent uh pretty decent set of cabinet appointments that or shadow cabinet I should say uh, from Keir Starmer, so that's a good start for him. So the Queen had her little speech on Sunday night, um, you know, the whole, we're sticking together, we can get through this. She threw in a little reference to Vera Lynn and everyone went wild for it. Um, I have no real thoughts on it, it was... It was essentially platitudes from someone who isn't all that involved in the situation and probably isn't going to be having the same experience as everybody else. I would also say It's a Lovely Day Tomorrow is a better song than Will Me Again. But anyways, so she had her little thing and everyone lapped it up, whatever. 
Um, but then, you know, after everyone sort of having their little, you know, afterglow moment because of the Queen's speech, then breaking news across social media and all the push notifications from all the apps you've got on your phone, Boris Johnson's been admitted to hospital. So Boris Johnson, who's the Prime Minister, um, he was, he tested positive for coronavirus or COVID-19 or whatever we're calling her these days. And so he went into self-isolation. He was working from home. He was posting video updates of himself, um, you know, to sort of give people reassurance, I suppose. Um, but then they said he was admitted to hospital for testing, um, Sunday night, around nine-ish, which is a, a very normal time to go to hospital for tests. Um, but they were very insistent he was just there for tests. It was just because a few of his symptoms were sort of persisting and they weren't going away. Um, I'm now recording, I'm recording this part on the Monday, the Monday evening. Um, and the updates we've got so far, he stayed in hospital last night. He's possibly going to stay in tonight. Um, so it'll be two nights in hospital. And obviously people are concerned because everything we're getting from the government on his condition is quite vague. It's, you know, he's in good spirits. He's fine. It's just testing. But he's potentially going to be in there for at least two nights, maybe more, you know, and so people are, are concerned. They're worried. Um... Because obviously, you know, there are ramifications if something happens to the Prime Minister. And also, just on a human level, even if you don't like him, he's got a baby on the way. He's a person. So, you know, people are curious and concerned. There was, of course, the daily briefing uh, today, Monday, that I'm recording this. And my God... Every journalist was throwing questions about it along with their other questions at Dominic Raab, the foreign secretary who was holding the briefing. And he was, he just sort of looked progressively closer and closer to shitting himself because he was just like, I don't want to be here. I don't want to be answering these questions. Oh my God. Like when they asked him, you know, are you ready to step in? and do the duties of the Prime Minister, he was just like, white as a sheet. Mm, nah. He he did not want to be there. He did not want to be answering those questions. And every journalist kept persisting on that issue. Um, another thing that they were asking a lot about is should Boris Johnson be working from hospital? Because the government are insisting that he is still in charge of the government. He's still doing everything he should be as Prime Minister. He's working from hospital. They delivered work to him so he could continue working at hospital while he's there being tested, observed. And and so journalists were asking, you know, should he be working at hospital? Shouldn't he be delegating? Shouldn't you, Dominic Rav, his right-hand man, be doing his job right now and Dominic Raab was like uh, 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 
Um, it was, I mean, girl. Um, but, you know, as I said before, I hope that Boris Johnson recovers. Um, I, I hope that whatever is going on in the hospital where he is, I hope that it is, as they say, just testing, just preventative, just, you know, a precaution I hope it's nothing more serious. But whoever is advising the government to just issue kind of vague, you know, trying to be reassuring, but really giving more questions and answers thing. I I worry for them because <laughs> they're, they're just, they're making it easy for journalists to, you know, force further speculation and I don't think that's really helpful um <laughs> you know it, it shouldn't be the case that when a journalist asks a question they just come away with just sort of vague things that make them more suspicious that's not really how you're supposed to handle something like that if you're the government but well this is the government you know, this is this is how they do things. So currently, as I'm recording this Monday, Boris is still in hospital. Um, we don't know really what's going on or when he's coming out. There are some reports that have come out uh, from some outlets that are saying he's on oxygen um, and that's why he's in hospital. There are There were even some reports saying that he was on a ventilator and things like that. Um, the government have, um, to use a, an old-timey politics phrase that was around all the time during Theresa May's administration, they have slapped that down. Um, they're, they're not having that. They're like, no, he's not on a ventilator. He's just having tests. Fuck off. Um, so it's it's difficult because obviously people are going to speculate. It's something people are naturally curious about. What the fuck is going on with the Prime Minister? But we'll find out in time. And if I find out before this episode is supposed to air, I will pop back in and I will give you the updated tea. Um, but right now, who knows? Except Boris Johnson and his doctors, I presume. Okay, this has been a fucking roller coaster. So... Right, so initially Boris was taken into hospital for testing, apparently. Um, it was then announced that he was taken to intensive care, right? Some outlets were saying it was just a precaution. Of course, lots of conspiracy theories went around, you know, oh my God, he's dying. Oh my God, he's been put on a ventilator. What's going to happen? The government did not help this by getting quite visibly pissed off with journalists asking about it during the daily briefings um you know the, the government would you know sort of saying he's in intensive care but he's fine which i think was quite a confusing message for people because most of the time if someone's in intensive care they're not fine um the government then confused us even more by during one of the updates they said the Prime Minister is now sitting up on his own. And it's like, but but you said he was fine and now you're celebrating that he was sitting up on his own. 
People who are fine can generally sit up on their own. What's the tea? What is going on? And again, they were very hostile to journalists asking about it. And and then they wonder why conspiracies were going around. People saying, you know, he's in a bad way and things like that. But their lack of response when asked about it fueled those conspiracies. So hopefully they fucking learn how to deal with that for future events. But anyway, as I'm recording this on Friday... Boris Johnson is still in hospital, but he is now out of intensive care. So he's just in like a regular part of the hospital. He's no longer in intensive care. There is no need for him to be there, assumingly. Um, So hopefully he'll be released soon. I I don't know. I'm not a doctor. Um, But really, I just think that the government's handling of this has been absolutely baffling. You can't get pissed off at journalists for asking what are quite frankly very valid questions about the health of the Prime Minister and then give out confusing briefings and then get pissed when people are making their own assumptions. Like, it just makes you look like a mug. But, I mean, what can we expect from this government at this point? I don't know. Um, But yes, Boris is still in hospital currently at the time of me recording this, which is a Friday. Um, But he's no longer in intensive care, so it does seem he is on the road to recovery, which is good news. But I feel like when he gets out, he should have a word with them about what the actual fuck they were on about. Because I understand not wanting to panic people. Um you know, and and things like that. And I get that for sure. But the way that they tried to not panic people just panicked people. So I feel like they failed at that. So maybe that's something to look at for next time. Hopefully there isn't a next time, but still. So throughout this crisis, a lot of people have been asking one big question where the fuck is pretty patel <laughs> that is kind of the the big question that a lot of people have on their minds um because she has been nowhere to be seen she's been hidden away uh she was asked several times to um drop in with the select committee to be scrutinized about how the home office is doing and she keeps putting it off She's not been interviewed for a fucking while. Uh, She's just been kind of hidden away. And you would think at a time like this, you know, the police have new powers. There's lots of questions about, you know, things like visa extensions for people who are, to all intents and purposes, stuck here. Um, The EU settlement scheme is still going on throughout all of this. You'd think the Home Secretary would show her face, but they hid her away for a long, long time. However, this weekend, uh, she was finally brought out to play 
Priti Patel did one of the daily briefings and my god I think we all understand now why they kept her hidden away because Jesus it was high cringe let me just say that she was Jesus she was getting numbers mixed up all over the place um her answer to people who were struggling with domestic abuse in the lockdown. You know, she came out with some nonsense about painting a heart on your hand or putting a heart in your window to support domestic abuse victims. Um, when people asked her about healthcare staff and social care staff who are suffering and some are even dying because of the lack of protective equipment. She gave some nonsense, I'm sorry that you feel that way, answer. I just... She just came across as an absolute mess. Just... It, it bordered on, you know, sociopath. It was like, Jesus woman, do you have any empathy... Do you even care about what people are going through? It was... My God. I, I thought nobody could be worse at these briefings than Dominic Raab. But Pretty Patel knocked it out of the park. I... <laughs> oh my God. I mean... It's hard to understand why she is even in the cabinet. It's hard to understand why she's Home Secretary. Not just because of how badly she fucked this briefing, but just sort of generally everything about her. You know, let's not forget, this is the woman that we all got together on Twitter to watch a, a live feed of her plane coming back before she got fired from Theresa May's cabinet for, you know, lying and doing weird fucked up shit you know this is the same woman who happily went on tv and started banging on about how the death penalty was good she just you know this is a woman as well who is still facing multiple accusations of bullying of of her staff in the home office and of course let's not forget the home office is still in an absolute fucking state and so with this now, you know, for all the fucking world to see, her fucking up this briefing so badly, it's very hard to see any justifiable reason for her not to be reshuffled the fuck out of cabinet after this is all over, because Jesus Christ. I mean, I understand this whole coronavirus situation is not easy to deal with, for sure. But bloody hell, it, it was, I, it was a mess, a complete fucking mess. And she is in one of the highest positions in government. How? <laughs> you know, and, and, oh God, do you know what I just remembered? That time when she was trying to say terrorism, she kept saying counter-terrorism and she kept saying that she was going to, take action against counter-terrorism which is just not a thing that she 
Anyway, so we've discovered why they're hiding Pretty, Pretty Patel. It's because she's fucking incompetent. But I mean, we all knew that anyway, so it wasn't a surprise. But it's still quite concerning that she is in charge of a lot of important things. And, and this is how she acts. I mean... Everything's going to be fine. Our government is very responsible. It's all good, said no one. Feeling a little bit isolated in this whole self-isolation situation? Well, the best friend you can have is a book. And there are plenty of them available during the Smashwords Authors Give Back sale, including my two latest poetry collections, Old Brown Eyes is Back and Duis Ex Machina, which are both free in the sale. You can find lots of books from some of your favourite authors at $2.99 or below, including many books that are free. Find out more at smashwords.com. of how I'll tell you that it's over, knowing they are just fantasies, preemptive proposals that came together too late because you're already gone and I'm talking to myself, talking myself down from going back to a version of you that only exists in my head. It doesn't even matter, it is 7am and I've been up since 5 you are so far away, but I'm staring at the moments we were closest, and it's like you're a different person. I make a wish for you as I strike up my last cigarette out of habit, because every aspect of my life has you in it, and I'm afraid of how much I'd destroy if I tried to cut you out. I know that you never believed in my cards and the psychics who broke my heart, because... You deluded yourself into thinking that love was enough and that good people find each other and never get lost again. I'm holding on to a blue lighter like it's my soul, tighter and tighter as if it will become your hands and I can feel found again. But now it's too late and I'm just staring at the emerging day, wondering if I can survive it. I saw Scarlet, but I didn't want to say too much in case my words came to life. Tearing at the walls of the house we built until it was nothing more than empty, impossible echoes. Things you said when you were confused by carnal desire and thought you were in love. I only wanted to come undone. I'd ask you to take me home, but I joined my worries last night, tearing it from the sky down to the ground, so now all that remains is a floor filled with mistaken memories and it's so cold. You like the cold, so I am frozen on the floor. Still hoping, heart still, hoping.
I just realised you can hear birds in the background of that. Because <laughs> I was recording it quite early in the morning. I recorded it like straight after I wrote it and edited it. Um, it was about sort of seven-ish. Um, it was very early. I'd woken up too early and I, I just felt... Um, you know... Like, feels bad, man. <laughs> I have... I, I, I don't know why. I've been having these dreams. They're kind of prophetic, but in the worst way. Because it's like I'm being shown things. And it feels like I'm being told this is coming, but it feels bad because I don't want these things. And, and maybe it's just dreams that I'm having because I'm afraid and so those fears just wander around my head when I'm asleep but, but I, I I don't know and I was thinking a lot about things that could happen and what I would do um, I, I made a terrible mistake I, I went down into the garden it was very early I was just sat in my garden listening to sad mariachi songs <laughs> and just looking at what could happen and just thinking what if this is taking place right now and I don't even know. Um, as I'm it's hard to pull yourself away from that kind of negative feeling when it's there and it's happening and there's nothing really you can do. And it feels horrible to... to be stuck in that and to not see a way out and to not know what, what you can do and what's going to happen. And you feel lost in that sort of listless melancholy and there's nothing you can do and, and people will tell you you know you're worrying about nothing you don't need to feel that way but that's not really gonna help because you're just there and you're having that moment and and you just have to wait until it passes and then you feel vaguely human again It's a full moon. And that means one thing. Well, two things. It could mean that there are werewolves lurking about. But frankly, as long as they're, you know, sticking to social distancing rules, I feel like that's fine. I mean, they're entitled to their exercise too, you know. I mean, they might eat some people, but it is what it is. But secondly, it means it's a great time to find out your future. So that's what we're going to do. I'm going to put the timestamps below. You can pick the pile that you feel is calling out to you and is going to tell you your destiny. You can pick one pile. You can pick all the piles. It's up to you as a choose your own adventure, find your own destiny experience. Okay. Hello to all the people who chose pile number one. I am currently shuffling the cards. 
So, make a wish. It's very important that you make a wish because you never know what's going to happen. It could come true. You don't know that it won't. But you can't tell anyone. And this is very important. I actually have a cautionary tale on this because I was doing a... I was doing a reading for my boyfriend over the phone. And I told him, I said, make a wish. And he did. But then I I got curious. And I, I started trying to guess what it was. And I guessed. And the long and short of it is, because I guessed what it was, he didn't win the lottery. And now we're not rich. So, um, don't, don't, <laughs> don't tell anyone. Don't give anyone any clues. Keep it to yourself and see what happens because, well, now I don't have oodles of money because my beloved did not win the lottery. But there is always still time for him to win. It's okay. Or maybe I'll win, she says, as if she ever plays the lottery. Anyways, I do my wish because now we're going to actually find out. We are going to find out what's the tea on period, as the kids say on the Twitter. Ooh. Ooh, okay. So straight up, straight off the bat, Ace of Clubs. So happiness, love in your life. Maybe kind of a, some good news financially, but lots of happiness, very happy. If you're looking for love, if you're looking for something to make you happy, I don't think you're going to be waiting very long, which is always good news. And you might think, you know, but we're in a pandemic and we're not allowed to see people and stuff. Well, you know what? Get creative, you know? You could you could use Zoom. I downloaded Zoom the other day for a meeting. And <laughs> I, had a, I had an incident because there's this thing in the settings and, and you, <laughs> you can click a little button and it improves your appearance. And I did that and nothing happened. And I was like, either this goddamn app thing is telling me that I'm already perfect and I don't need to improve. Or it's telling me that I'm so ugly that it cannot do anything for me. I'm going to pretend it's the first one for the sake of my ego and my self-esteem. <laughs> but, you know, you can have Zoom dates. I saw this tweet, right? It was really cute. There's this girl and she was saying about how she was going on a FaceTime date with a guy. And, you know, they had a bottle of wine each and they were sitting there and they were eating dinner and talking on FaceTime. You know, it could still be cute. You can figure something out. If you want it, you should get it, sis. Oh, wow. Four of hearts. Change is coming. Hmm. Yes, it is. Hmm. So, maybe moving somewhere new or maybe work potentially something a little bit more serious and I'm talking about like maybe a little ring on the finger and a ring on another person's finger and then a person saying 
I now pronounce you married and shit. I'm just saying, you know. I, I mean, that, I, <laughs> I, logistically, I don't know if he can do that during a pandemic. He might have to wait until after Corona has left the building. Um, but, I mean, maybe you could do it over, like, FaceTime or Zoom or Skype. Do people still use Skype? I don't know. But, I mean... Anything is possible. We're discovering new things all the time. We've all just figured out that we can work from home and, you know, we can do uni at home and school and all kinds of things. I believe in you. You can figure it out. It could happen, but there is a change coming for you. Like a journey, the next step in your life. Oh. Oh, okay. Mm. Mm. Okay. <laughs> so, uh the king of spades. Somebody who has masculine energy, not necessarily a man, but someone who has that kind of masculine energy is going to be important in your life. Dark hair. He's kind of ambitious, kind of successful, kind of a boss bitch. I want to find out why. Oh my god. Let's find out. I feel like he's going to be connected to, to the second one maybe, but we'll find out. Okay. Three of clubs. Oh! <gasps> Ooh! Ooh! Okay, this is the second card I've got come up for you that potentially involves marriage. Let me just say that. Oh, money coming from a partner. A relationship that involves money. You're marrying rich, honey. Hmm. Success. We had to stand. Okay. So I feel like you're going to have changes in your life. One could be the big change, you know what I mean? I'm happy for you. You better invite me though. I'm just saying. I've never I've never been to a wedding as a grown-up. The last wedding I went to, I played Pokemon cards in the back. Um, but I've never been as a grown-up. So I have a friend's wedding coming up, which is really exciting. But <laughs> I I haven't I, I don't know what the protocol is. But I'll I'll have to hope there's like a YouTube tutorial. Going to a wedding as an adult for dummies, you know. Hmm. Okay. Nine of diamonds. So much money for you, jeez. A surprise with money. Potential new business, new work opportunities. You are going to be booked, busy and beloved as what I'm seeing here. Which is no bad thing. Good for you. So it looks like you're going to come out of this this whole crisis feeling pretty good. You have new opportunities, new adventures, potential new love in your life. Go get it. Love that for you. Okay, pile two. It's your turn. Make a wish. As I shuffle the cards and we get a little bit closer to finding out the future. Dun, dun, dun. 
And you can wish for anything you want, just as long as you keep that secret. But, like, don't wish for anything mean. Like, don't wish for, like, you know, bad things. Be nice with the power that the universe gives you, and then people will be nice to you. Oh, hello. Somebody jumped out. She had to, oh, my God. Two cards jumped out for you. They have something they want to say. Done wishing? Okay, do. Very nice. Okay, I want to see what these first two want to say. I'm very curious. <gasps> okay. Okay. Oh. Well, hello. So, the Jack of Diamonds. Somebody with kind of a youthful energy, maybe someone who's a little bit immature, not quite there yet, and those kind of things. Maybe a bit kind of dishonest, unreliable. You need to be careful if you can trust them. How are they connected? What is their story? God. Someone's lying to you. Maybe a betrayal. So somebody in your life is not telling you the truth. Maybe someone who is young or has kind of a young energy. They're not being straight with you. You just have the truth. You just have honesty. Let's see what the second one that jumped out is. The three of clubs. Oh. Okay. <laughs> so from uh, bad news to potentially good news, depending on how you look at it. Um, commitment. Money coming from somebody that loves you. Potential marriage to somebody who has means and wealth. Hmm. Okay, let's see what else we have. Lots of threes, that's interesting. The three of diamonds. Domestic arguments. Maybe even stemming into, you know, kind of serious issues. Let's see what's going on with that. There's going to be a conflict. Mm. A scandal. Gossip. People who talk about you. But you know what they say. People who talk shit only do so about successful, happy people. There could be... There could be betrayal. And that's interesting because we have betrayal, lies, it's a theme earlier. There is someone who's really not 
given you the full story. Mmm. Wow, wow, wow. Who is this? The King of Diamonds. Somebody with a masculine energy. So not necessarily a man, but someone who has that kind of masculine energy. Maybe it's in the way that they present themselves, the way that they walk, uh, the way that they handle themselves. They're kind of stubborn. Maybe... Uh, Someone kind of impatient, confident. What is the tea with them? Yeah, two people come up. It's interesting. I feel like this person's a bit older, a bit more refined. Hmm. Diamonds, diamonds, diamonds. Five of diamonds. There's going to be people in your life that are jealous. You're going to have a decision to make. You have to be careful about it. You can't rush into it. That's interesting. It could be that you're, you're going to have to choose between two people in your life. You've got earlier the presence of somebody who's quite young. Seems a bit unreliable. And there's this older influence who kind of seems a bit more stable, maybe a bit overconfident. But, you know, people can surprise you. Sometimes the people that are supposed to be on the level are not. And sometimes the people that you would think are not a great choice, sometimes they are. Let's see what else we got here. Hmm. eight of clubs jealousy again I, th I feel like people are jealous of you like they're really jealous of you trouble in relationships opposition really feeling the jealousy there are people that look at you in your life and they think I want that Let's see, let's go one more. Mm. Okay. Eight of hearts. Invitations. People are going to ask you to go places. People want to see you. There are lots of people in your life and they want to spend time with you. They want to see you, they want to hang out. But you might lose somebody. Like I said earlier, I think I think you're gonna make make a choice, you know, between two people that maybe you're stuck between. Maybe that's how you lose somebody. You know what? I'm really interested in how your stories are following. I want to know some more. I want maybe one more. Don't tell the other piles. Five of clubs, so people are going to reach out to help you. You might feel like you're alone, but you're not. There are people that want to help you. You're going to make new friends too. 
and you're going to have a successful relationship in your life that could even lead on to marriage. So you might feel a bit lost. You might be wondering who you can trust, who you should choose to be in your life, but you're going to figure it out and it's going to be okay. Okay, people of pile three, make a wish. We are ready to depart on the flight to your destiny. I was just thinking about that because I have a variety of like overnight tapes I listen to. My little hypnosis tapes. I have one and it's about like uh, finding a love that will make you happy. And I accidentally listened to the whole thing. Because obviously you're supposed to be hypnotized. You're supposed to not like be hearing it. Right? And I... <laughs> I was going to fly a little while ago. And I couldn't... I hadn't got a flight in a long time. And I couldn't remember if I liked flying or not. So I was like, I better do something to make me chill. And so I... I <laughs> So I, I just started listening to his tape and I was thinking, well, I may as well, like, make sure my love life is right at the same time, you know what I mean? And so I ended up listening to the whole thing and I was conscious the whole time so I was really, like, anxious anyway. So I couldn't, like, fall asleep or anything. And it was about a journey that you go on to find love and how you have to leave some things behind so that you can welcome in the things that you want and it's very beautiful and I, I started crying on the fucking plane like an idiot and <laughs> but it felt good it was like good crying um and it just made me feel a lot better and it turns out I actually I have no issue with flying I don't think um so that was good to know anyways oh hello you're jumping out hi uh, okay, we're going to get started, so I hope you made some lovely wishes. Don't tell anyone, keep them a secret or they won't come true. Okay. Mm. Okay. Alright, so straight away, the one that was jumping out wanted our attention, specifically yours. The Nine of Clubs. A new romance, an admirer, someone, someone likes you, someone's into you. It's specifically telling you, don't be stubborn, you know. It's, uh, see, here's the thing, right? <laughs> it's, you know, it doesn't, every time someone likes you, it doesn't have to be a whole thing. Maybe it's just someone likes you and maybe you just take that on board and you say, okay. And you just like the feeling of someone liking you. You don't have to make it into a thing. It's okay. But maybe you do explore it and see what happens. You know? But it's interesting. I was just I was just talking about bringing love into your life. And then this card is like, hey, I have something to say. I have a message. Okay, sis, we're listening. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> well, guess who just showed up? The king of hearts. Somebody who has a masculine energy. Not necessarily a man. Could just be someone who has that kind of masculine kind of aura. You know. They're, they're a sweet person. They are generous. 
affectionate. Maybe someone a bit older. Trust me, I know all about that, as you know. If you are a long-term listener. <laughs> Let's find out what's going on with them. Are they connected? What's the tea? Oh, my God. <laughs> I just had, we had a, we had a, one of the girls jumped out and said, hello, I'm here, pay attention. Let's say it's a diamond. And honey, I got news for you because that is, <laughs> that is a ring, girl. A present, some jewellery. I'm just saying, it's interesting that that happens. You, uh, you could be, you could be looking at, you know, maybe someone who more than just admires you. Maybe they have feelings that are even stronger than that. Maybe they look at you and they think, that's, that's my destiny. That right there is my destiny. I'm going to get a bit more clarification on that because I am curious and nosy. Mainly curious. I say curious, it sounds politer than nosy, right? I'm very dot-cotton about this. Oh, I say. I'm not one to gossip. Except I am. Oh, God. Mmm. Okay. Lots of aces here for you. Happiness. Love, potential wealth. Well, you could do worse. Let me just say that. So this person could maybe bring a lot of happiness into your life. They think the world of you. They really do. Well, of course they do. You're wonderful. Let's see what else we got here. Seven of clubs. It's a very club-heavy reading. Prosperity success you are living a good life let me just say that oh okay the king of spades again masculine kind of energy someone a little bit older someone ambitious he knows who he is he's in charge what the hell has he got to do with it of diamonds okay okay maybe someone that you knew before who's coming back into your life reconciliation maybe somebody who wants a second chance you got options sis let's, let's do one more let's find out let's see if there's any more information any more tea in the pot. Mm. Okay. Two of hearts. Oh! <gasps> well, well, well. Success. You're going to be so successful. My gosh. A potential engagement or partnership. And that's interesting because we had the ring come up earlier for you. So you've got two people here. 
who have they're both a little older than you both have that masculine energy one kind of lighter hair one kind of darker hair looks like you could have a choice oh okay you're gonna have a lot of success you're gonna be happy There's somebody who's knocking on your door, ringing on your bell, maybe wants to come back. There's someone new. Who you choose, that's up to you. But I think it's going to be an interesting time. to dream about the sea waiting for the waves to wash my days away but I'm too tired to dream I close my eyes and there is nothing they say I'm bleak as if the world hasn't grown slower and lost its colour as I grew taller maybe I've been bleak for so long that it has grown on me like moss and weeds a terror attack here an anxiety attack there the economy and I are apathetic crumbling, climbing from the depths, then crumbling back down again. I can't even picture a house anymore. They used to be babies, but now they are cats, in a house that shrunk down to a flat, and I'm still not sure if my hopes are low enough to avoid being decapitated by the rages of reality. Tonti Blair put a dream in my head with his vaccines and funded schools, but sometimes dreams get delayed, and sometimes they get murdered. I used to dream about the sea, waiting to wake up without wanting to run away, but I never quite got there. Pacing empty, echoing pavements. I want to be one of those kids who found their way out of Thatcher's Britain with a playlist that brought the streets back to life. I, I want to hear a way out, a way to escape, but it always evades me because life isn't a movie. I know, I know. And it just goes on unsatisfying and terrifying as it always was. Dutch is dead, still haunting the country she said she loved. My bootstraps have told me to fuck off and let them sleep. But all we have is each other, and life isn't a movie or a Springsteen song. It's just a thing that happens when two people meet, lose control, and expect the result to survive. I'm not trying to sound ungrateful. Sometimes I actually enjoy being alive. Sometimes it feels like a burden that I don't deserve, and it's hard to articulate that without being sectioned. I suppose I survived so far. So what? It's just dumb luck, and I'm a dumb girl who's been on an endless ghost train. <laughs> Life isn't a movie. 
It's not a Springsteen song. It's a haunted house full of a haunted generation that knows nothing but being overwhelmed on a constant basis as wars break out as often as our skin used to and our future funds tanks and missiles. I miss when I didn't know about the news. I miss when life did feel like a movie or a song by anyone. I miss when my only worry was if I'd ever kiss a boy and why I wanted to kiss girls too. I miss when I could say tomorrow would be better without the sound of bitter, jaded laughter in the back of my mind that refuses to believe. I can't press pause and take a breath. I can only take it as it comes and try not to romanticise death because I have to be here for a reason. I just don't know what it is. Nothing happens just because. I didn't happen just because. I was um, reading something quite interesting on Reddit. There was a, an article that was posted about um, a rise in, in, in suicides in the UK last year, in 2019. And someone left a comment talking about aspirations of people in the UK and about how a lot of people in the UK feel like they're essentially just working to survive and I really got that because like pretty much everybody else from my generation I remember being at school and being told you know if you work hard you can have nice things you know and and you know the dream was was simple for a lot of people it was have a house get married maybe start a family maybe don't start a family have a, a decent job maybe go on holiday once a year and and that'll do but that is now completely unobtainable for a lot of people. And so a lot of people from my generation lowered their expectations and it was, maybe I'll own a flat and I'll have a job and I'll go on holiday every couple of years. And then that became unobtainable. So now it's essentially, maybe somewhere in my 50s I will own a flat that I share with several other people and we live there and we work just because and we look at places we'd like to go on holiday on Google Maps once a month when we go to Starbucks and use the free Wi-Fi and you know that's that that is sort of where a lot of people's aspirations went because we were kind of throughout our childhood and when we were growing up we were sold this aspiration and then it didn't come true the dreams that we were sold didn't come true and some people would say well you know grow up life isn't like that however for generations before us it was and for our generation, we've already also gone through a whole bunch of like extracurricular shit, you know, 
various wars, um, huge economic unsettlement. We don't have any kind of financial stability. We have nothing to aspire to. And then people wonder, where do they go? Why are we losing them? There you are, you know? And I feel like, I feel like it's something we only talk about amongst ourselves. Maybe because we feel like nobody else is going to listen and nobody else is going to care. But what do we do about that? You know, and I, I don't think that anyone from my generation wants, you know, handouts or free things. That is kind of a stereotype of, you know, millennials. You know, they always want free stuff. That's why they're so obsessed with socialism and Bernie Sanders and Jeremy Corbyn and you know they they all want communism that i i wouldn't say that's accurate i think people just want stable jobs that pay a fair wage they want the opportunity to do the normal things that society has drummed into us that we should be doing such as buying a house getting married having some kind of vague happiness in your life you know when when you get to the point where you're in your 20s and your 30s living in a a flat share having to survive on you know noodles every month and looking in in the paper and seeing a yet another story of oh You'll never guess how this millennial saved and bought their own house with no mortgage. And then it turns out that the reason is because they had rich parents. And you read these constant articles shaming us because apparently we buy too many avocados and coffees. I'm going to be real. I've never bought an avocado or a coffee in my life. But, you know. And you add to that the other pressures. The things that we've lived through and the things that we've seen... And you just reach a point and you're like, well, what am I here for? What's the point in attempting to save money? For what? (laughs) What's the point in looking for a better job when they all have the same insecurity? They all have the same, you know, expectation on you to work far too many hours for very little money doing the jobs of several people all at once what what is the point of looking up holidays that you'll never be able to afford looking up houses that you'll never be able to afford you know just to be lectured because we're buying too many things apparently which doesn't check out because I, I don't believe that to be true. And there's just this whole generation and that's their reality. They were told if you work hard, you can get what you want. And then they were told, grow up. Why are you expecting things from working hard? <laughs> and here we are, you know, here we are. It's, I I don't know what people expect from us, really. 
you know it is what it is but I was just thinking about it a lot you know there really is so many people and it's not just in the UK in other countries as well just this whole generation of of people who from the start of their lives they were taught these are the things that you should do these are the things that will make you successful these are the things you should be aiming for and if you put in the work you can have it and then they were told you can't have it grow up stop being childish but then they're also shamed for not having those things And I, I don't know how we fix this problem. I don't know how we right these wrongs. But. I guess I was just mad about it. So I wrote about it. <laughs> and maybe that is a typical millennial thing to do. But. What else am I going to do? It's not like I can just go out and. Rage buy a house. To take out my aggression is it? Because. Several generations before me are fucking hoarding them all. So, there we are. I called God last night because... With everything he has going on, I figured he'd like an update from his messiest, most dramatic daughter. Daddy, I said without a hint of irony, knowing full well that he had watched me give that title to another man I was willing to worship. Daddy, he sighed, but seemed to do so lovingly, as if I was a mess, but one he hated to watch unravel, because he always wanted more for me. And though he was frustrated watching me walk with my eyes closed into danger on a daily basis, he was slightly comforted that I always came home in one piece. So far. Daddy, I whispered, my voice wavering before it was lost, fumbling to be free from floods and flurries, overpowered by the sound of my heart shattering, splintering inside me when I thought of you. I cried all night. He sat on the other end of the phone, ignoring the world burning in the background, telling me that time heals everything, and for everything else there is vodka, telling me that nothing lasts forever, elations or eruptions of pain, telling me that one day I'd look back and laugh, and that was when I snapped, no longer asking but telling, begging for relief, to feel something new, to forget just one of the things about you that keeps me a prisoner, so I could find myself closer to freedom. Daddy knew what was in my heart, but he couldn't grant my wish, because praying never worked that way, not even for his favorite girl. And sometimes suffering is good for the soul, or at least good for writing material. As you'll know, if you're a long-term listener of the show, my relationship with uh, with, <laughs> with with uh, God is complex. I, you know, I kind of think of 
of him as, as like a friend who always wants me to have what I want but feels like I should learn the value of having the things I want first which gets me into trouble it's like he's kind of that <laughs> that kind of father figure who's perpetually disappointed but still thinks that I have something in me you know <laughs> um you know and sometimes it feels like there is a difference between praying and wishing but sometimes you want things so badly that you don't care and you're like listen buddy come on you know and you, you go all kind of Michael Bublé you know the Santa buddy but like God buddy and then sometimes you have to really kind of twist the knife and then it becomes daddy please and you become that spoiled fucking valley girl from the movies you know it's it's difficult to define what that relationship is you know I I I've been somebody slightly religious for as long as I can remember I don't really remember a time in my life where I didn't believe in the existence of a god who frankly I have always because I'm self-absorbed believed was totally interested in all the things I care about and wanted to make my life better for me it's it's there's a lot of contradictions you know for example most people would say you can't believe in religion and also astrology to those people I say I'm an Aquarius and I do what I want um you know and in terms of of what I believe a lot of that is taken from multiple places from oh god I sound like you know people like Madonna when they talk about it and they're like oh I just cherry pick the things I like and I'm very spiritual and I do this and I do that and I've suddenly changed accent and I'm wearing a bracelet but <laughs> and maybe, maybe I'm not any better than those people I don't know for me it's like a, a friendship I have with this guy and I want to do my best and I want to be a good person and I screw up a lot. I'm not going to sit here and act like I'm a perfect person. And I'm I'm taking bits and pieces from different places. You know, my some of my, you know, different aspects of my family and the different things that people around me have believed in. And I've taken those things and I've kind of crafted something that makes sense to me. And it's, it's just for me, you know. I don't need to bring anyone else into that. I don't need to share that with anyone. And I, I, I don't know. I think just now with everything being the way it is, you know what I mean? 
I'm kind of um, turning more to that because because I'm lost and I'm scared, just like everybody is. I know that maybe I'm talking about things that are kind of insignificant with this guy who probably has a lot more to worry about. Because if I think about everything, then I don't know what would happen. I don't feel like that would be good for me, you know, to think about the way that things could happen because of everything that's going on, what's going to be left of the things that we knew before and the way that we lived before. And so it's almost comforting to turn to this thing in my life and ask questions about problems that I'm really probably inventing in my head because they're not real things based in reality that are happening. I'm just paranoid and quarantined and depressed and lonely and and so I'm making up problems that don't even exist to talk to God about so that I can avoid the real problems that I have no real control over and that's how I get through this vaguely sane and alive and I think everybody has a way that they get through things. And maybe that is some form of religion. Maybe it is the absence of religion. You know, there are some people that don't believe in anything at all. And that brings them strength and that brings them some kind of support when things are difficult. There are some people that believe all kinds of different things, or they don't believe. And there are people that, you know, will need their families more during this. Some people that will need their friends. Yeah, and they'll get together on those apps where you video call each other and you play Uno and, and drinking games. And, you know, and some people will, will sit inside with their parents and they'll do puzzles. Whatever you need. Even if it doesn't make sense to other people. Even if they think that you're crazy. As long as you're not hurting anybody. I think do what you need to survive. Because you coming out of this the other side is important. That matters. I think as long as nobody gets hurt, however you choose to do that, go right ahead. Are you looking to make this quarantine a bit more queer? Well, 
Coming soon as Alphabet Radio, the weekly pop-up LGBTQIA plus radio station with great content from your favourite LGBTQIA plus creators. Coming to you every week and launching very, very soon. Find out more at alphabetpride.com. I have been thinking about doing like recording an ending for the show that I can just use every week but I never get round to it and I never think about it but the reason I was thinking about it was because I was preparing stuff for a radio show that's right I'm gonna be on the radio I, I same I, I can't really believe it either um I'm gonna be one of the uh hosts on alphabet radio you may have just had a little ad for them um i'm really excited about it it's going to be great um especially working with so many other great uh content creators and it's really exciting for me um the station will be launching this week um and i will have a show coming very soon it's going to be a poetry show we're actually looking for um lgbt poets to work with so if you are interested in that i'll put the details for getting involved in the description uh below you know when when you scroll down on the episode you'll see it you'll see it um so we're looking to get people involved get people on board it's going to be really fun and i'm really excited um but yeah i was like oh i should have one of those things that they have on like proper radio shows where they have like a little exit bit where they're like this show was produced by blah 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 the theme song was created by blah 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 I thought I should do that but in terms of doing it for this podcast it would just be me saying my name over and over because guess who this show is produced by me guess who writes everything me guess who did the theme song me it would just it would be it would be tired girl so anyway I'll just I'll just keep rambling as my outro that'll be fine um you can find me on social media, as you know, Miss J Squared, everywhere, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, uh, SoundCloud, Reddit, Rizzle, all the places, my God. Um, <laughs> my website is jenniferwan.com, we've got lots of cool stuff there, um, lots of uh, free content, writing, videos, everything. Um, you can also... If you are interested, you can support this show and other projects that I do uh, on Patreon. Uh, we currently, at the moment, for Patreon supporters, have a bunch of new content that's just gone up. Um, there is... Sorry, my boiler is doing weird things in the background. I'm really frightened. It's like that bit in Home Alone. Ugh. Anyway. Um... <laughs> God. Um... There is uh, a whole new album, actually, for Patreon supporters. Uh, Playlist Volume 2. Uh, for those that didn't know, Playlist Volume 1 was an album I put out uh, for free, uh, which was me doing covers of songs. And Volume 2 has just been released for Patreon supporters. It'll be released generally for everybody else on the 17th of April. But for now, all the kids at Patreon can download it and listen to it and everything uh there is some exclusive stuff that hasn't been heard anywhere before so you can check that out 
There is also some bonus audio from this podcast that has not been aired that you can listen to. Uh, thank you to my top tier patrons supporters, Amanda, Kylie, Melissa, Anna, Sam, Katie, Christina, Josie, Gabriella, David, Eleanor, Alicia, Emily, Andy and Tyler. Um, you can also get involved in supporting the show by uh, one-off donations on PayPal or Coffee, which gets you access to the early release programme. Thank you very much for listening and I will see you next week. Good night, my love. <laughs>